it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome in, everybody. Good Friday to you all. You have joined us at SEC Football and Beyond. I am Chris Landry, joining my good friend and partner, Neil McCready, as we are Heading into another weekend, getting deeper into, gosh, it's, uh, Neil, we're, what, a week away, Monday from Memorial Day, is that right? And we're headed towards June. And That's correct. Still a lot of stuff going on, a lot of uh, colleges around the country, including a lot of our schools we talk about in the SEC, as well around the country, having big Junes lined up with kids coming in. We don't have the normal May, as you've not been able to go out and see kids. May was always a big evaluation month, but... June's going to be big with a lot of different camps. People are having different types of camps, many camp, uh, shorter camps to bring kids in. So a lot to chew on there a little bit. We have kind of started, Neil, to begin to gradually, you know, bit by bit, just little nibbles to get folks kind of ingrained towards the season. You know, just some of the best players returning that we think are really good in the SEC. We've got the transfer portal information. And then there's something that I want to get into that uh, we'll talk about that's kind of uh, affecting maybe into the high school level. How you doing today, my friend? I'm good. Been a, uh, it's been a busy week. It's uh, graduation week. Caroline graduates today. Uh, Carson had wrapped Congratulations, up. Congratulations, Carson, congratulations. Carson wrapped up his uh, all of his club soccer stuff, uh, his tryouts last night. So we'll start making some decisions there. And uh, so it's, it's been a it's been a busy week. It'll be a big uh, be a big night for us tonight, and then um, we'll be down to one. Awesome! Hey, everybody, um, man. Um, gosh, hate to ask for anything, but. If you can say a prayer out there, if you're of the mind to, we are having a – I'm fine where I'm at, but we're having a hell of a time in Baton Rouge. We have had – we think it's going to end today, but the flooding has just been incredible. And it's just been um, – Neil and everyone out there, it's – so my, I got a soggy yard, no big deal. But I went get my first COVID shot on Tuesday, and – so, I mean, it's not that far away, but I mean, just the areas right outside, you know, where I live, you know, not even five minutes or places when I drove down um, there, I mean, I saw water up to where you, you think of a window, kind of one of those big windows that you have in the house. that's kind of go close to the floor. 
halfway up and I'm like oh. almost wrecked like oh my god you know because those are areas that I I've I never seen it that high and you know sure enough I mean you just the next day and, and the water is going down pretty quick draining it just doesn't have enough time and then you know it's just heartbreaking you just you know, the next day you go see nothing but mattresses and furnitures out in front. I mean, it's just, we had a massive flood here, oh, I don't know, five years ago. And there are people that still have not recovered from that. So, gosh, if you're of the mind, too, I know everybody's dealing with a lot of stuff. And we're, we're it was supposed to slow down yesterday. It did nothing but rain all day yesterday. And it's not raining hard, but it's raining now. And they say, you know, tomorrow it's cleaning up but uh it's gonna be real mess but anyway so i can't remember this and i should as a louisiana boy but i, I grew up in louisiana and obviously i'm not a teenager anymore is baton rouge below sea level i remember living in mobile when it really rained the flooding it was always on the cusp of it being really bad you know then it would move out but you always knew man this place could 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 flood quickly just because of its geographic location yeah the topography of it all it's not like new orleans you know for folks that are on the outside or don't know new orleans is it's a bowl yeah if you think of your um your sink in your bathroom and the you know the little stopper at the bottom that's new orleans and and everything you know that's and then everything is just man you know blocked to allow that and that's what happened with katrina it wasn't the force of the hurricane is is everyone knows by now it's the breaching of the levees and you have the mississippi river you have lake pontchartrain um you have the gulf of mexico um and then when you have like real like storm weather where water just blows in so it's not new orleans but what's really changed is that as they're building and growing, you know, it, it's it's hard to explain to people that, like I lived in Tennessee where everything's hilly. You know, everything's so darn flat. Yeah. And you end up where you are, you're starting to get... So it's like when you build developments, like when they're building developments, and I'm thinking, okay, so they're building that up. Is that going to now start to drain my way? And and I'm, and I'm and it's, it's not, but it's draining somewhere. So there is a... A famous road for people who know LSU or Baton Rouge, and you, Neil, you remember the the road because it's historic. Highland Road. Sure, of course. Highland Road was named for Highland. Right. It's it was they made it so it was a Highland. What's funny now, if you go down Highland Road on each side of Highland Road, and you can't. You can't expand Highland Road because it's kind of an historic, you know, so it has to stay. And the the parallel road is Burbank, which is the road off of which my extension that leads to my subdivision is on. But what is amazing, so Highland Road, the, the houses to the side, which are just some of the more beautiful houses, the houses are built up on the hill. So like based based on like say where it was in the 40s and 50s highland road is now the low spot i mean it's like you 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 can't build on highland road unless you build it and you go from highland road and you just you you drive up and so what what happens is there are places like in north baton rouge 
that are just getting hammered. What we're not quite understanding is why. Because it doesn't, and, and they're even doing stuff, and they're, it's why. I know it's so darn fast, so quick. Yeah. It's like, is there drainage problems? Or are there, it's like, I'll say, so it's, it's flooding people, but then two hours later, it's dry. There's something wrong. It's a drainage problem, right? I mean, if it's a flood, that flood's going to stay there for a day or two or something because it hadn't stopped raining. But it's just like, I guess it's coming so hard. To, so they're they're trying to figure out what the heck's going on, why the, I guess, the drainage systems are faltering. Now, you have all the bayous, the Bayou Man Shack and all that. They're over flooding, and, and they can't take any more water. So I think, Neil, what it is is as the city's grown – Yep. The you know it's like well what's high was you know what used to be high is now medium and what's medium is now low and and so it's it's like anything else water seeks its level so you keep thinking you know like I'm in I feel I mean I'm I'm blessed but my understanding this subdivision when it was first built was a real low lying area it had a ton of floods because I checked in it before I bought in 2003 and it's like. We got we get nothing. I mean, my you know everything drains even in my my back. Everything just we got nothing. I mean, you know, and and I can go. I went to Walmart and Albert suggested to get stuff, and and that's just right outside, no problem. But I get you know not even five minutes out. I mean, there are people stranded. There are a couple of people died because they they didn't realize the water was so high. I mean, they they're throwing stuff on the news. A guy up to I don't know why he where the hell he would do this. But he's sitting there, and I mean, for those of us that are watching on TV, the water is up chest high, and it's like, where the hell is he? It was his backyard. It looked like he was in, you know, it's like, what, you know, it's just, a, it seems a little bit, wor- you know, more than normal. So everybody's trying to figure that out. It's, it's, it's really, I mean, we don't have, we just have enormous property damage in, in, in the area, and, and not tremendous loss of life but it's just um I, I don't know it just seems like we're trying to figure out what the heck is going wrong well I, I think so much of it is what you just said is you know post katrina so many people moved to baton rouge originally temporarily and then it became permanent and it just built up it, it, I, I know this this is hyperbolic but as someone who's been to baton rouge a lot to cover games and and, and whatnot baton rouge feels like it's doubled in size and about oh yeah in about a decade and whenever that happens well all of those people live somewhere and so those those you you can't help but wonder about just those developments that pop up and they happen so fast like where i am in oxford right now there's a a, a two developments kind of behind us that every time i walk the dogs i'm like holy hell that's another house i mean they're just throwing them up and and you yeah when that happens in in mass like that you can't help but wonder if they had to take some shortcuts on environmental studies, on flood studies. If they just a supply demand, right? You know, there, there was a demand, and so you supplied it, and and now here we are. What is it? Katrina was what two thousand five. So here two thousand five, and we had a big boom after that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people in New Orleans went everywhere. Sure. I mean, Houston, Atlanta. I mean, I, I I remember going to the Super Bowl in Detroit and. Guy that was one of our drivers said, "We, we in, my, in my we had like 
like 20 families from New Orleans that moved into my neighborhood. This guy was saying, in, De in Detroit area. Like, really? Good. Now, maybe there's some ties to where, you know, they just said, to heck with it. We're going as far north as we can. I don't know. But it's like everybody moved everywhere. And we had we had a lot of that. And I, I, I often thought we may be overbuilt. But yet, it, it's they got a new development coming, you know, not not far from where I am, new housing, new subdivision. It's like, man, they're, they're building. And there is three people on my street in the subdivision. The house is up for sale. And I mean, they're not, they're not up for sale for, and it's a good thing, I guess, not that I'm looking to sell, but they're like, boom, boom, boom. They're gone. I mean, they're like three houses for sale on my little street as I'm uh, here. And, um, that they're, they're going quickly. So I guess the market is good. But as you said, so the, the areas where these developments are, this used to be when it, we had rain, that would was all flooded. Well, it ain't flooded now because they built it up so high. So like, well, that water's going somewhere. I don't know where it's going, but it's going. And I think it's going to maybe some of the bayous and, and the little arteries that we have. And that's flooding out. And that's, that's going into other areas because there's an area, I, I don't want to mention names, but like an area called Segan Lane that that was kind of a, not far area where I go to Lowe's and a couple places. It's like, they tell me that was flooded really, like, really bad. So anyway, not to bore you with that. We appreciate Jeff saying his brother and Zengai's And Jeff, I appreciate you. So I'm a Jeff Parrott. Um, I'm fine. I'm, I'm you know, I, but I'm worried about all the other people. And I'm really worried about, I hope your brother's okay. Because New Orleans just, they're getting it too. And they got, I mean, they're, they're worse in a lot of areas. And so they're, they're dealing with that. So anyway, not to, not to. <laughs> to throw that on everybody, but it's been something that's been on my mind. I keep can't keep away from. So oh, sure, um, we got something something that was on my radar. Neil, if it's okay, we'll get into it because Sam um, Sam High brought it up, and and Sam, I'm got to be what you're talking about. But there's a kid, a Texas high school recruit um, named Jaden Blue. He's a really good running back. He's going to go to Texas, Steve Sarkeesian. Um, he's going to graduate early, enroll in January. But he announced recently he's not playing. He's not going to play high school football this year. Oh, I remember this kid. I talked to this kid about a year ago. I just had to pull him up. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. So he's decided he's not going to play football. Not, not injured, not something going on in his family, not – He's just, he's a running back. Uh, and it's just, I'm paraphrasing, you know, I've, I've got limited, you know, I've got my, I mean, he hasn't said it in these words, but this is kind of what I get from it is running backs have a short lifespan. I want to play in the league. I want to, I'm sitting out, I'm going to take off my senior year playing. Uh, I have some thoughts. Um, I'll let you go. So your initial thoughts on. Let me read on, the let me read the tweet for the people out there who are like me, who this is news to this morning. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, go, it's a good idea. Uh, this is from Jaden Blue. He says, after countless hours of evaluation, I've made the decision to forego my senior season of high school football. This has been a very difficult decision for my family and I. Football is a brutal sport, and the wear and tear associated with the running back position is undeniable. I plan to take this time to focus on my academics while enhancing my off-the-field training slash rehab regimen this is a strategic and conscious effort to ensure that I'm prepared to perform at an elite level at the collegiate ranks rankings during the 22 season. 
I want to thank each of my coaches and teammates at Con Kane High School. Uh, the relationships established have helped mold me into a, the young man I am today. You have my continued support this season and in the future. This is an incremental step in hopes of one day fulfilling my NFL dreams. Jaden Blue signing out. So that's the uh, that's that's his statement for those of you who are like me who are like, ah, what are you guys talking about? I, I, yeah, Chris said about this, and I was like, nah, I've been a little busy. So. Now I've now that I've I've read it and heard about it, um, kind of processing some thoughts. Well, I'll go ahead and, and if you want to process a little bit, um, I'll tell you what, I think, Chris, I'm not surprised. I've I've long wondered when this would happen. Um, that's not a statement of advocacy, but it, it is a it is a statement of I'm not surprised. There is no this has no shock value to me at all. Opting out has become. Um, in vogue at the college level. We're seeing it already with uh, end of season. Um, you know, I cover Ole Miss, as you know, as the people, most of the people listening to this know. And uh, Ole Miss's best player last year, Elijah Moore, opted out of the final two games. He opted out of the final regular season game, which was a rivalry game against LSU. Um, he opted out of the bowl game against uh, Indiana. Uh, he did it to protect his health going into the NFL and nobody thought anything of it because frankly, Chris, it has become common. I, uh, lots of guys opted out. There were a lot of players that I, I think for lack of a better word, used COVID as an excuse last year to opt out of a season. I know, uh, I think Jamar Chase opted out at LSU of the entire season and he did it to protect his health. Uh, and for the most part, no one, no one pays a price for it, if you will. So it's, it's, it's accepted. And so you look at a high school kid like this, who, uh, if I remember correctly, Jaden Blue could have gone anywhere. I know that uh, that Ole Miss was trying to get him on campus pre-COVID. Um, it's a talented so, guy. I've seen uh, him on film. So I'm sure everybody was trying to get him. He, he's he's got his scholarship locked up to Texas, and so he says, "You know what? I'm I'm not going to mess with anything right now. I'm going to take care of me, and I'm going to opt out and get ready for the 2022 season." And I think one of Sam's questions was, "Is this going to become a trend?" And I'll, I'll tell you this, my, my initial thought, Sam, is yes, this is probably a trend you are going to start seeing with some of the hyper-elite prospects in the country. I do. I'm not saying it's good because I don't think it's a good thing, but I do think it's a trend and um, it, it will likely be become very acceptable and maybe even fashionable. Well, you're certainly not going to be the only one. And, and whether it's a trend or not, I mean, maybe it will, maybe it won't. I sure heck hope not. Um, look, I, we are who we are, and we're we're from where we are, and we grew up a certain way. And I, I'm not going to apologize for it. I, I certainly understand and respect that things are changing, and and I do think you need to change and adjust. I think that how the game is played is different. And you got to modify and adjust. And, and I think that you have to look at players. When I can still remember when Kristen McCaffrey opted out of the Sun Bowl at Stanford, people were aghast. Yeah. It's like, I've said this before. In my day, we would walk through glass to rehab to get in to play a bowl game with my players. It just, I mean, we do anything. That's, that's the mindset. That's the way it's. It was, and when he did it, it was a big story. 
Now it's a big story if they do play, and it's one of those type games. That's not a non-playoff game. Um, I think it's unfortunate. I, I, I think it is a reflection of society. It is about taking care of myself. It's about me. The sport is about what's it going to do for my future, okay? And I think it's, it's, it's great to get a scholarship opportunity. It's great if you're good enough to go play pro sport. It's, it's wonderful. And I think you need to be smart. You know, what I, what I don't get, though, in, in this <laughs> pisses me off. I apologize for my French. But so you will have guys do this. And I'm not saying he's going to do this. But you'll have guys do this, and then you find out that they're riding a motorcycle, you know, or doing something, you know, it's something that is risky. So you make choices, and I'm not going to, you make your choice that is. But it tells me, as a longtime scout, it tells me a lot about where we are, about the person, and it may become norm. And it is more of, hey, i got to protect my future. I want to go to the league. I wanted to, okay, I understand. There's big money. There's going to be that. But what it does say, and I, and I know, oh, Landry, you just goofy old knucklehead. You think everybody's team first. And I, and no, I'm, I'm not naive. But I do think. One of the first things I want to get to know about a player, it tells me if somebody, quote unquote, let me try, when somebody quits, because it's not opting out, it's quitting on your team, okay? Just you quit because you want to take, fine. But it's, you can't, can't have it both ways. You want to quit, you know, let's not, let's not, you opt out. That was the thing last year. I do believe there was a lot of COVID cover, but, you know, there was maybe some legitimacy more so than normal years. I'll give that. Sure. But you're dealing with, a, 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 you know, a, a, an idea now, that an ideology that it's, it's about me. And guys like that, my experience, even the very talented ones, don't usually become great teammates. I, I wish this kid the best. I hope everything is great. I hope he stays healthy, and I want to hope he has a great career. I'm, I'm going to be curious to see where he goes. Because here's the thing. If a guy quits, if a guy decides that he's not going to play that, he's going to protect himself, it's too risky. Well, no bleeping <laughs> joke that it's it's football. Football players play football. And here's the thing. I want guys that love football to play football because they love football and love making money and love giving getting the stuff as a result of that. But they're not motivated by money because if a player is motivated by money or you know they will never achieve their greatness because they're always looking what's best for them, what's going to create the best situation for them and not what's best for the team. I've seen it. I've lived it. It's just the reality. It's what separates the guys that are Do you think, and I know this is extreme examples. Do you 
think Michael Jordan was great just because he had the most talent ever? No. Or was he great because he kicked everybody's ass in every one of those practices that in, with the Chicago Bulls that I'm told that was and played hurt and did things and you hear things about Kobe as he was in, in, inducted possibly into the Hall of Fame and how he he learned to shoot with a different hand when he had a broken finger and he he practiced every practice and he did extra things. That's greatness to me. That's who you want. You need to have talent, but that's the type of guys you want to go to battle with. And when you have guys that tend to be a little bit more, I'm going to protect. So this guy is absolutely going to be the guy that's going to, I'm going to call it out like it is because I've seen it. He's going to be the guy that he'll spend an extra day in the training room and not be as inclined to get back on practice on Texas's football field because he just, it's not so much about the Oklahoma game. It's just about let me make sure that I'm, I'm you're never going to be 100%. Get, get, and, and that's the guy that if I draft him, it's, you know, if he's playing for his contract, he's one player. Once he's got his money, he's another player. I've seen it, Neil. I've lived it. And yeah, it is going down to the high school level. And it is. Money's the root of all evil. I don't believe that. But money does create different type of incentives. And all the great players are great because they wanted to be the absolute best. And by doing that and challenging themselves in every workout, every practice, every day, playing as many times and doing as many reps as they can to get better, those are the folks that end up making the most money and getting the most individual platitudes and recognition because they're the greatest team guys and tough guys. I immediately say to this guy, in my mind, I don't know the kid, I never met him, but the first thing I got going in as a scout is, how tough is this guy? Because when he's going to become eligible at some point, if he's good enough to do it, how tough is he? He he quit he quit on his team. That's what he did. What what is it now? Quit maybe? Oh, that's ugly. That's rude. Okay, find another word between opt out and quit. Well, and that's what I think. Here's the thing about the, the and I don't have any problem with the word quit as, as opposed to opt out. If I'm a scout and I've never been a scout, I'll probably never be a scout. Um, but if I'm a scout or if I'm a coach. My concern with Jaden Blue at this point is you said it. You talked about how much do you love the game? Because if you took basketball away from Michael Jordan for a year, it would be torture. If you took it away from Kobe Bryant, he might kill somebody. I mean, I mean, yeah. you, you know, you how much do you want to play? Do you play? Do you play? You know, people kept I, I remember when Peyton Manning kept playing. And people said, why is he doing it? He's got all the money in the world. He's, he's famous, whatever. Mm -hmm. The answer was very simple. Because dude loves football. I mean, he mm -hmm. loves it so much that you're probably going to have to drag him off the field one day. That's right. People say, why does Tom Brady keep playing? I mean, he's won, what, 30 Super Bowls now? And um, he's made a gazillion dollars. And he's married to a supermodel. And She's got more money than he's got. And, I mean, she makes more money than he does. And, and people say, why does he keep doing it in his 40s? Because he loves it. It's, it's what gives him 
um, identity. And look, I, I get, I also get where the kid's coming from, but this is where I think the adults in his life have sort of let him down. And I'm a little bit familiar with his situation, Chris. I don't want to get into names or anything like that, but there are a lot of enablers uh-huh. in this kid's life. There are a lot of people around this kid who I guarantee you are saying, Hey, you're going to get to Texas. These in these NIL uh, rules are coming in play. You're going to have sponsorships. You're going to be the face of Texas football. You're the next Earl Campbell. And Earl Campbell couldn't cash in. You can. You're going to make a ton of money in college. And then in three years, you're going to go to the NFL. And all of these people, they've got their hands in his pockets. And so he's getting, he's getting really bad advice on what this looks like. But you're exactly right. While I'm not a scout, Chris, I know some scouts beyond you. And you're exactly right. They're all going to say, this is a red flag. They're all going to, to, to look at the kid. Now, look, if he's got the talent, if he's got the talent, he'll, he'll, he'll go wherever because it's all about talent. I mean, there, there's, there's, what, 22 allegations right now against Deshaun Watson and three or four NFL teams that are trying to trade for him. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, if you've got the talent, there's always, there's always a place for you. But people are going to have a question. This is a question that's going to linger about, about Jaden Blue. People are going to say, how much do you love football? When you get that rookie contract, you know, or is this all about getting to the second contract or is this about you want to break records? You want to be the best? You want to, you want to surpass Eric Dickerson and Walter Payton and, and all the, what, what is it that you want? Because if it's all about protecting yourself, that goes beyond Klein High School in, in, in Houston. That's going to happen in Austin. And at some point, that's going to happen in the NFL where week nine, you don't really feel up to it. But your team needs you, and you're going to be like, hey, I, I got a contract coming up soon. I got, I, I got to sit this one out against the Packers. And that, that, well, it, you know, it is. It, it is something that I think we're going down a path that um, a lot of those enablers are going to have influences all the way down to high school. Because if it's if now you're going to have money to be made in college with name, image, and likeness, <laughs> and you've got that on the table, that is – a little money before you get the big money, if you can make that, well then, yeah, do you protect yourself with that? Well, at some point, again, football players play football. So, you know, this guy's really talented, and that's fine, but you have to produce, and I have to see it enough, if you don't play. So here's the thing that I would say about his development. He's not going to practice. Oh, I mean, I'm sure he may do individual stuff and work out and He's not going to have practice. He's not going to have reps, and he's not going to have game reps. And people say, oh, well, he's going to – yeah, he, he's got his scholarship. I get that. But his overall development is going to be hurt by that. You get better by practicing and playing. I know that's in a world of where people watch the games and get all that. They, they, it's behind the curtain. They don't see what makes you great. That's what makes you great. So, yeah, you know, when I was talking about – Kobe and Michael and all those guys, that's that's exactly what I meant is the things that they did that you saw when we watch it on TV and watch it in person, whatever, it's what they did to prepare to make themselves great. Um, that's that's, the, that's the best Kobe story I've heard in a long time. What's that? So when 
Julius Randle, who's now having a renaissance uh, year for the New York Knicks, when Julius Randle first came into the league, he was with the Lakers. It was at the end of Kobe's time. Kobe was basically a shell of Kobe at the end, like most of us are at the end of our careers or lives or whatnot. But uh, Julius Randle would notice that whenever the Lakers landed in a city, Phoenix or San Antonio or wherever, Kobe Bryant, the first thing he did was he found a gym, middle of the night, found a gym to get shots up. And there was one particular gym in Detroit where he, what he did was he found a high school gym and uh, found a high school gym and got the high school coach to wait in the middle of the night to open the gym up for Kobe. And Kobe would get his shots up. And uh, anyway, Julius Randle started tagging along. And when he got to New York, he started doing that. And that high school coach in Detroit opened the gym for Julius Randle when the Knicks landed in Detroit. And he, uh, he waited, waited for Julius Randle to get his workout in. And then when he was finished, of course, he had to lock the gym up, right? I mean, it just, you know, stands to reason. And, uh, he, you know, he got his autographs and stuff. But he told Julius Randle, he goes, you're the first NBA player in a long time to do this. And Julius Randle said, who was the last one? And he said, Kobe. You know, and, and so it, it is about it yeah. is work ethic and love of the game and all that stuff. And then I'm going to say this also about NIL because I'm really interested in NIL. There's a lot of promises being made out there about NIL. And I think a lot of kids, and maybe I'm wrong, I think a lot of kids are going to be really disappointed in what NIL actually puts in their hands. I don't know that it's going to be this bonanza of funds that a lot of kids think it's going to be. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't. I don't think it's going to be this bonanza. I do think some kids are going to be able to build their brand a little bit at the college level, but I don't know that you're going to be able to cash in on that the way that they think they're going to at, as college players. Maybe I'm wrong. It's a developing thing. We won't know for a while. But there are a lot of guys, young guys, that are thinking, man, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be making seven figures as a sophomore at the University wow. of X. And I, I'm telling you, Chris, I don't think that's going to no, happen. No, it's not going to be that. But I do think it's going to be a lot more organized behind the scenes. I know people said, well, it's not going to – I don't think anybody on the outside is going to notice any difference, but behind the scenes, and I'm already, I'm already sensing it from, because some schools and coaches kind of with their implant, and I'm talking about the big time schools that can afford to do this. So I'm not talking about everybody. In fact, I'm talking about the very few they're going to have, and I've said this before, so I'm not going to waste a lot of time on it, but you're going to have a very structured, organized way to do this. It's the reason why schools are, have already hired like marketing firms. Uh, agencies, whatever, that to basically help the players increase their individual brand. But that's also done because I asked about about it. Is they're going to be they're going to take? I'm sure people are familiar. I know Neil, you are with something called the the Java programs, which is you know you don't have as much that kids go to summer school and work on, but but you have when kids can work. They basically, their businesses and companies that will give athletes football players jobs which is basically kind of a it's a simple job you know but they get a way to pay them money and it's legal for years and years um 
what is going to happen now, or the plan is, is that there's going to have a system in place to where the players are taken care of. Maybe not equally, because the great superstar quarterbacks, that's a Heisman candidate, let's say, is going to get a lot more interest. But, you know, like he'll be able to get, because everybody thinks these players are going to go out and do it on their own. No, they're not. That's going to kind of be, they'll get the calls, and it, and, they'll, and and this is kind of how it's going to be handled. So I think the elite players, you know that, the, the elite players are going to get more. But I still think at the big-time programs, you better believe in a big-time program that the offensive linemen are going to have some deal with somebody. You may not read about it. You may not hear about it. You may not know about it. But they're going to get something. Now, it's more than what they're getting, and it's not as much as their star quarterback. Um, how that's going to affect the locker room? That depends on the player. If the player is all about, well, I'm not getting as much as that guy, it could create problems if you don't have a handle on it. It, it, it. But again, and I think we are in the world of of more and more, what's in it for me, and it's less about team. And to me, football is the ultimate team sport, in my mind. And I just, the, the, the best players in the history of this game College, NFL, they're the toughest, biggest team guys that also have talent. A lot of guys have talent. Jamarcus Russell had talent. A lot of guys have a lot of talent. Talent's pretty easy to But Jamarcus is an example of a complete bust. Most guys make it because they're not as bad as Jamarcus was in terms of, you know, but they don't ever achieve what their capabilities are because they do just enough to get them. We all know that. We know there are people that just show up for work and they do their job. They do whatever they need to do. But, I mean, they're they're not going to do anything extra. And you have that a ton in football. Not as many players love the game as you might think. A lot of them play it because of what it can bring to them. And I, I, my experience, trust me, from mistakes I've made in evaluation, most of it is getting to know the player correctly. I stay away from the guys that are the me guys because those guys are the ones that won't achieve what their abilities are. They may achieve something, but they may never be, they will never be as good as they can be because they don't do those extra things. And, and we can take a, you know, I've mentioned Kobe several times just because he was on my mind because he was posthumously inducted last uh, last week in the Basketball Hall of Fame. But there are others that fall into that category. In, in the football side, there are just so many great players that just became great because of, of they have ability, but what they do on top of that. Um, but there's there's a lot of guys that fall short. And, and that's, one of the, that's one of the toughest things if not the toughest thing to ascertain in scouting is to really know. And, and and you look at the film and you look at the extra things and you go to practice and you see which does what. And you see guys that, um, I mean, Neil, I've seen this too, you know, where, you know, um, you go to practice as a scout and, boy, the, the, they, they, get, they know the scout's there and they see it the, and, they, boy, they, they do look. And then maybe you look at practice tape another time when maybe there's no scouts are there and they're not working as hard. That, that tells you a lot about a guy. 
It does. It does. So I, I, I just I just say buyer beware on any of these guys and, and wish them the best. But if it becomes more and more normal, like you said, if a guy opts out of a bowl game, that's pretty much standard now. But here's the thing. Did he opt out of the bowl game because that's the thing to do? And he, was he a guy that busted his ass in practice and did everything up to that point? That's a different story. But if you've got a pattern of behavior, I'm going to just tell you, here's my experience. I learned this a long time ago, Neil. Money makes you more of what you are. So if you're going to just do enough to get paid, that's what, and, and, and you know, whatever that pay is, that to be on the high school team, when you get to that next level, you're just going to do enough to get by. And you'll never be, you, you're only going to be as good as your talent will allow. And your talent's going to only take you so far. Because at the highest level, talent's not going to separate you. Talent's going to give you a chance. But your ability to be successful is the things that we're talking about. You either have it or you don't. See where uh, Michigan transfer William Mohan transferred to Tennessee. Is that a, is that a significant pickup for the Vols? Uh, not significant, but a good, a good one mainly because, you know, the door has been open where guys have been going out the other way. So at least it's somebody to come in. I was thinking the other day, who's Tennessee lost? Um, you know, Eric Gray, Wanya Morris, Henry Toto, uh, Teoto, uh, just to name a few, uh, Ty Chandler, forgot about him, some really good players, really good players that are going to, Ty's going to North Carolina, of course, um, Henry to Alabama, Eric Gray, I mentioned Oklahoma, uh, who else did I mention, uh, I forgot there, Wanya Morris is also going to Oklahoma, Oklahoma probably has done a good, as good a job as anybody of getting transfers. So, Who has been the most from the transfer portal this year from what you've seen so far? Well, I think Oklahoma's got a couple of key guys because I think you, you get Eric Gray and you get um, Wanya Morris. You've got two plug-and-play starters for a team that's really good. Uh, it's hard. I mean, you got guys with bigger numbers um, that have maybe filled in spots. I think Georgia's, like, for example, helped their secondary because – Basically, had had all those injuries, uh, you know. Um, but I think Oklahoma did a really good job. I think Florida State's done a good job. I think USC's added a few guys as well. Um, you get, you know, uh, Penn State's added a couple of guys. I think UCLA, Miami, for you know. But I I I would probably say the the two plug and play guys that are elite to have two really good ones. Oklahoma probably is much impact. Florida State probably, from a number standpoint, filling in gaps in their roster, they probably have done the best job in that regard. Who's been hurt the most by it? Tennessee. Okay. Tennessee, and and I mean, I you know you just you know two elite guys that that went to Oklahoma, they came from Tennessee. I I think they've been hurt tremendously. Um, Donovan Kaufman commits to uh, or transfers to uh, to Auburn from Vanderbilt. I know he was, uh, he, you know, signed with Derek Mason when Derek Mason was at Vanderbilt. How, how significant of a pickup is that? For that? A good player, a depth move, and obviously going there. Why? Because got familiarity with the new defense coordinator that had him. So he likes him. Derek likes him a lot and thinks he can help in the rotation. And you know, we'll see. That that's a team that is in a rebuild roster wise. Um, Auburn. Yeah, you remember when Gus came in, you know, he had the early success. That was a pretty good roster. 
boy, not so much now. Uh, they've got to really fix things on offense, but defensively, they're losing a lot. And, you know, I, I think that's, that's going to take, you know, and that's why they're looking at certain key guys in the portal and trying to fill in some of the gaps, which is what you got to do to kind of be competitive. But, boy, I think that's going to be a couple of years of building the roster back up because I don't know that, um, Right now, it's going to be tough for them. Let's, let's do this with Auburn for a minute. We did this with a couple of schools the other day, a couple of teams. We, I think we did South Carolina. We, we took a just kind of a fast look at the, at the Gamecocks. We took a fast look at um, Arkansas, I think. I can't remember exactly. We did, Arkansas. Let's, let's <laughs> you know, we, we, one of our guys there, I can't remember who it was. I said, I'm loving Arkansas. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Neil pull out the schedule, and we start looking at it. And I'm like, okay. Love them all you want. I mean, try to find five wins on that schedule, and you know, let me know when you when you find them. All right, let's, do, <laughs> Go ahead. let's do this with Auburn. They they open on uh, September the fourth at home against Akron. On September the eleventh, uh, they they continue at home against Alabama State, and obviously a non league game, a, a high profile non league game. September the eighteenth, Auburn goes to Penn State. That's at. Uh, It'll be seen on, on ABC. That's already a time set on that. That's a primetime game, 6.30 p.m. Central, 7.30 Eastern, Auburn at Penn State on ABC. A week later, Auburn wraps up the uh, non-league portion of its schedule with homecoming September the 25th against Georgia State. And then they jump into SEC play on October the 2nd. Uh, Auburn goes to LSU. October the 9th, the Tigers entertain longtime rival Georgia. A game usually in, in late November this year. It's on October the 9th. October the 16th, Auburn goes to Arkansas. Uh, then October the 23rd, Auburn is off. They get a, a chance to sort of uh, hit the hit the re- reset button after a, a long stretch of games. October the 30th, they entertain Ole Miss at Jordan-Hare. On November the 6th, they go to College Station to play Texas A&M. November the 13th, they're at home against Mississippi State. On November the 20th, they play their final road game of the season at South Carolina. And then, obviously, they finish at home on November the 27th with the Iron Bowl, Alabama, and uh, Auburn getting together there at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Got a, got a, any quick thoughts as to what, how that schedule shapes up? For the yeah, I'm um, making notes as you're talking. <clears throat> I mean, I see five losses, you know, clearly. I mean, there has to be a something weird to happen, and it can, you know, always do. But y- sure. y- your schedule helps. So you got Akron, Alabama State, Georgia State. So you got three games, particularly the first two, that you can figure some things out. And, you know, the three games that you, you can't lose. Um, I think South Carolina's roster is about as weak as anybody, so it's a – Bonus to be able to get them in a in a in the East game, yep. so that's four wins, um, in my mind. I, I think you just have to. We're going to have to wait and see Arkansas and Mississippi State. I, I think those games are winnable and they're losable. And I, you know, but from a roster standpoint, again, this is going to be a bigger challenges than maybe even the Auburn fan thinks. But those are those are toss up games. 
I think the Penn State game is intriguing. I just want to um, I just want to interrupt. Yeah. You're saying you're saying at Arkansas and at home against Mississippi State are toss up game for all. Yes, I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to interrupt your train of thought. I just was making. No, I think I think they are, and I think it depends. It may be more decisive for one or the other as we get closer to those games. But no, this is not a. I mean, I, I, that's not a, a slam dunk. I mean, the Auburn fans are going to think, "Oh yeah, we're going to beat Arkansas, Mississippi State." I, I I think those are winnable games for those those two teams against Auburn, and I think vice versa. Okay. Penn State is not going to be easy at all. Uh, not a great team again. Neither is is Auburn. So I mean, there's a to me there's a um, there's what I call kind of the the games that I'm not quite sure where to go at this point uh, because knowing Penn State, Arkansas, Mississippi State, I think those are your swing ones. I, I don't Alabama's a no, Anum's a no, Georgia's a no, and I don't. I think that Ole Miss is a, a would certainly favor Ole Miss at this point. It's not a game you'd rule out um, for Auburn, and I think LSU is quite a bit better uh, now. You know the whole collapse factor of LSU and all that kind. Of, I mean, I I get that. So sure, th- could this schedule, could this record be? I'm not into the record, you know, you know, predicting stuff because I can look at it and say, all right, look, yeah, look got four games. I feel really good about that, and then I've got. Um, you know, four games that I don't like at all for your chances of winning. And then I've got, you know, one game that's probable loss, one game that's maybe a probable win, but that I'm not quite comfortable. And then I've got maybe two, three that are just this point are on the fence. So there's a, to me, I think if you're looking at the one loss record, which everybody does, I, I can tell you right now, the Auburn fan will not be happy because their expectations of what they're going to be and what they're going to be are not going to match up. I think you're going to have to look at the and if you're the if you're the sensible fan and you see how they play and if they get better, I, I think you're going to see some positives. I think you should be happy because I think that the guy's a really good coach, and I think he'll fix a lot of things. I just think there's there's some real holes on this roster. And look, he could coach them to win over Penn State and 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 Arkansas and Mississippi State and Ole Miss and wow, that could be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know, eight wins. Eight and four against that schedule would be like coach of the year type because from a roster standpoint it just doesn't it just doesn't um it doesn't match up, basically. It's interesting because initially when you said that about Arkansas and Mississippi State, I thought, Chris been drinking? But then I started thinking yeah, about Yeah, I got coffee. Yeah, I don't <laughs> <laughs> And then I started thinking about it. And I'm like, well, you know, a year I'm, ago, uh, Arkansas basically won at Auburn. Yeah, I'm not saying that they're they're not as good. I'm just saying it's not. Right. It's not a <laughs> it's not a So the interesting games for me on that schedule for 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 Auburn, obviously, it's Penn State. That's a will. Mm-hmm. By the way, that will be a gorgeous uniform game. If, if you're like me and you're a uniform guy, Auburn's all whites on the road are that is a spectacular uniform. And Penn State's classic look is uh, they're one of only probably three, maybe four schools that have a look that is so distinctly them that you'd be crazy to change it, and they don't. That'll be a great uniform game. It'll also be a 
a real interesting identity game for both of those teams, I think, September the 18th. Uh, I'm like you. There's like four games that stick out as those are wins. The the three other three non-league games in South Carolina, to me, are, are all wins. I'm like you. There's three games on their schedule that I don't think they can win. Uh, Georgia, Texas A&M, and obviously Alabama. I don't, I, don't, I don't think those are games that Auburn can win. I think Auburn is likely to beat Arkansas. And I think, because I'm just not high on them at all, Chris, I, I think Auburn is likely to beat Mississippi State. So I'd put those in the probable category if it's me. And obviously I'm worse at this than you are, but I'll, I'll go on. No, more. no, I don't. I, 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 uh, and then those the two, the two swing games for me, if the football gods came down into my Clark Ford studio here and said, all right, Neil, you can pick two games on the Auburn schedule. We'll tell you the outcome, and you can use that to go bet on the other games on Auburn's schedule. I'd say, okay, tell me what they do on October the 2nd in Baton Rouge. Tell me what they do on October the 30th at home against Ole Miss. Give me those two games, those results, as much information as you're willing to give me, football gods, from those two games, and I think I'll be able to pick the rest. Those are the two interesting swing games on their schedule for me that I look at and go, I don't know. I don't know because I, I, I don't feel like I know a ton about LSU, honestly. And LSU's sort of, in my mind, very flammable right now. Uh, and then um, there's a lot of optimism around Ole Miss, and I get it. But I remain a little cynical because it's kind of my nature, a little skeptical because it's kind of my nature. And I remember this is still one year ago. This was still an abhorrently bad defense. And I think it's going to be better. But does better mean average or does better mean, hey, y'all don't quite suck as bad as you did a year ago? You know what I mean? And so I, I'm, I'm interested in those two games from an Auburn standpoint on looking at how the rest of it would look. Here's what I'd say about Auburn. I, I feel very comfortable in saying they'll be a better coach team and program with this staff. I am very comfortable. Not even a question. But when you say that, fans think, oh, they're going to win more games. They're not. The program was let, let in bad shape. I mean, there's you know, there's, there's reasons why Gus was let go. And, you know, Gus probably, if this would have been handled correctly, they would have let Gus go if truly Arkansas was going to bite on him or not, whatever, call his bluff and move on. They didn't. They, they had bad president that panicked. Bottom line is I think there's been some inconsistency in recruiting in certain areas, and I think there's some – significant schematic changes that need to be adjusted and modified, I think they'll be better coached. Just think that it's going to take a while to get that down. I, I Look, if I were to sit here and tell you today, I think they have a little bit more gone for them than Arkansas. And if, if you, I put that Arkansas and Mississippi State on the fence, those games on the fence with them. You know, if you said get off the fence and knock it one way, I probably – Go Auburn over Arkansas. I'm not sure. I'm less comfortable saying Auburn over Mississippi State, but if I had to, I'd probably give an Auburn an edge there. Penn, I mean, in Penn State's kind of in the, those are the three to me the swing games. I don't, you know, I think I think Ole Miss has to screw it up to not win this game. I mean, and it can happen. They could have injuries and depth issues. 
I think Ole Miss is better than Auburn. I, I, I don't, I mean, maybe I won't feel that way when we get closer to that game because, again, things change it during the course of the season. But I don't think Ole Miss and LSU are swing games. I think those are games that, those are losses unless Auburn is quite a bit better or those teams come back to the pack. That's what I think. I think the swing games are Penn State, Arkansas, and Mississippi State because, you know, I think, you know, you know, eight is would be phenomenal. Uh, and I just don't think there's eight right now. Again, during the season, things change because, I, you know, the team looks a little bit better. They're able to figure some things out. And it's the record is relative to who you're doing it against. So, you know, you may not be any better than I think you are, but you, you may end up being a two wins better or two wins less because of the circumstances for your plan. So I think it's going to be interesting. Look, I I, uh, I hate the win total, but, you know, we're having fun and looking at it. I, all I can do is look at the rosters and say, better roster than South Carolina, Georgia State, Alabama State, uh, and Akron. Not a definitively better roster right now than Penn State. You know, I think a little better than Arkansas. But I can get into more of that in, in Mississippi State, um, I think they got a little bit more talent, but I do think Mississippi State's going to be a little bit more difficult for them to defend. We can get into more Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State will be improved on offense. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that's key. And I just would say this. Look, if you're an Auburn fan, look, I mean, hope and and, and think good things as everybody should. Hey, go win eight, you know. And if you don't, don't think you got the wrong coach. Be patient because it's going to take some doing to fix this. And whether he's the right coach or not is going to come on the recruiting trail. You recruit in the top five, you won't, in my opinion, you're going to have a more consistent program under Brian, but are you going to be good enough to beat Alabama once in a while? That's going to look a little different. You know, Auburn was able to do it a couple of times, and that's what, that is what Gus could, could you know, storm the, the, the hill and plant the sword and say, I did this. He did something that others couldn't do. That means a whole lot on the plains, of course. Of course. But, you know, the, the, the feeling is, well, you do that, but then you, you're not consistent. I think you're going to get more consistency with Brian, but also think he's having to build a foundation that Gus didn't quite have to do. And that's where I think the transition may be little bit more challenging. We'll see. It's going to be a lot of fun. Scott, it's, it's kind of fun to be talking about it because um, it is a ways away, but I start to kind of see it, smell it, taste it, feel it when you start to look at these rosters and see, you know, it's just there's a lot of work with a lot of these teams and a lot of these things are going to, going to be interesting to see how it plays out. We're brought to you by Blue Sky. They believe in being fast, fresh, and friendly through the thoughtful layout and cleanliness of their stores. Blue Sky hopes to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience from services to products. Blue Sky plans to keep things fresh and always provide the freshest flavors of the brand name products and the best services available. A smile can say it all, and at Blue Sky, they want to show their customers they care about them and their shopping experience. They'll always strive to improve their efforts to accomplish exactly that. So check out Blue Sky today at any one of their 48 store locations across the Southeast. And we're brought to you by Alpha Specialties, located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. Alpha's your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it. They've got the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail. They've got the uh, Hallmark Cargo Trailers. 
They can even work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built just for you to your specifications. For podcast listeners, Alpha has spare tires and wheels starting at just $100, a full selection of trailer parts and accessories, hitches, winches, straps, and more. They do all sorts of truck accessories, and they also have a full-service shop. Tell them that you're a listener, and you get 10% off uh, any all types of repairs on trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed, gooseneck, RV, and more. 601-932-9798 or alphaofms.com couple of things here to get to here. Somebody's asking about um, Mike Leach. Is he in trouble? No, not after two years. They'll be more patient. But I think in the end, uh, the people that thought that, well, Mike Leach will be able to do th- things at Mississippi State, commensurate what he did at, at Washington State and Texas Tech, um, I think you probably, well, you know, for those of you who have not, I, I don't think he's going to have that type of level. But I think he'll probably pull an upset. And then against somebody that you probably you probably don't think, uh, and then he'll he'll underachieve in some games that you, you don't think. Um, in terms of James Franklin, will he survive the year? You know, I, I'm not a big James did a great job at Vanderbilt. I mean, he's a great salesman. Now that's an example that we just talked about. I think Penn State's right now their roster is more talented than the current Auburn roster. That's not typical, but that's the case right now. But the reason I give. Auburn a chance in that game is because of coaching. So uh, I mean, I think if it's if it's anywhere equal coaching level, I think Penn State wins this game double digits. But I I just you know you I think that um, I think Auburn will have a better chance in it than people might think. So we'll see. Um, no, it's fun. It's kind of fun working through the process, working through the league. We'll do that. Uh, we still haven't gotten to you know some of the key players that are coming back that. You can check out some of the details. I've got some of that stuff on LandryFootball.com. Keeping you updated with all the recruiting information as well over at LandryFootball.com. Um, that that's going on. Uh, the transfer information. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of things. So maybe ranking coaches. We'll, we'll maybe do that uh, as well. Have a lot of fun. Also, I mean, folks, if you have some ideas of things that you'd like to hear us talk about, hey, join us in the chat room and. Like all the guys get, who have got, I mean, Grind and Oklahoma Rebel and Blake Robinson and Sammy and Rich Coates and, uh, gosh, who else has joined us? Just, uh, man, just so many of you. We really appreciate Ben has always been around. Um, appreciate everybody. Jeffrey, uh, uh, Jeffrey Parrott Fantasy Football one-on-one. Um, good, uh, good, uh, friend of the show. So join us in the chat room. As always, Neil, what's going on over at the website and and all the other stuff that you're doing? Um, I know you got plenty of other podcasts that uh, folks can listen to you on. Yeah, we got a lot of college baseball right now. As you know, Ole Miss is a pretty big college baseball school. Fans are pretty into it. This when we get back together on Tuesday, Chris, of the SEC tournament yes. to start in uh, in Hoover. It's the uh, the final weekend started last night. Everybody plays again today. The regular season wraps up tomorrow. Uh, Arkansas right now, 20 and eight. They, uh, yeah, real quick on that. I interrupt. So tell me what, you know, you're, we can, we talk a little bit about it more. Cause I know the, I do like the SEC tournament. Keep an eye on it. Arkansas looks like the most complete team. Am I 
you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, they, they probably are. They they, they, don't, they don't do anything just great other than their closer is freaking phenomenal. But they do everything well. They do nothing badly. They just don't have a weakness, really. And uh, it's beginning to show. They're 40 and 10 overall. They're 20 and 8 in the league. Tennessee's very good right now. They won last if, if I tell you Arkansas doesn't win the SEC championship, who's winning it? In the tournament? Yes, in the SEC tournament. Yeah, the tournament's kind of funky because if you're Arkansas, if you're Vanderbilt, if you're Tennessee, I don't really know that there's a whole ton of motivation to be there. So I don't, you know, you got to be careful if you're got those. The region, got the regional set up. You're in good yeah, shape. That's, it's, it's not, and, and that's not, you know, it's not that you want to go throw it. It's just that you got to be, you know. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Careful. There's nothing. You got you got bigger bigger fish to fry. If you told me a team kind of came out of nowhere a little bit and won the tournament, I'd probably look at Florida, Mississippi State, two teams that are in good shape but feel like they probably need to make some noise. I mean, the 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 two best teams in the league are probably Arkansas and, and Vanderbilt. Tennessee's right there. Their record's phenomenal. They're nineteen and nine in the league. Ole Miss is is really good at seventeen and eleven. Florida's really good at seventeen and eleven. Mississippi State's eighteen and ten. I mean, those are the five best teams in the league, six best teams in the league. There's six teams that are above the others. South Carolina's kind of right there, and then there's teams that'll have a lot to play for in Hoover potentially, or Georgia, uh, Alabama, maybe even LSU. LSU needs to win tonight. LSU needs to win tomorrow. And then LSU needs to make noise in, in, in Hoover to make the tournament. And then after that, it's just teams finishing up the string. The string. I, I know you got to run. I know you got to busy. But a couple, a couple of things that just oh, – did you see uh, did you see uh, Van Horn and, and the Tennessee coach? Yeah, I saw <laughs> get, that. Get into it. Yeah. It was over a recruit. And uh, what's interesting to pick after a game, they, they get into it. So that's interesting. Now, there's some discussion now that um, – you know, Tennessee situation, we know they're, 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 you know, the women's basketball program is, I mean, to say the least, is, is the shell of itself of what it used to be. And obviously we know they're struggling in, in uh, football. And they they like Rick Bourne, but they call him regular season Rick. Um, fair, unfair. So they've got, obviously, a really good baseball coach. And they, they, will, they love the fact that he does a good job. And, of course, Vanderbilt has their own. That's a little interesting round. So there's talk that the Tennessee coach will maybe get an offer, maybe from AM or someplace like that. Maybe and the debate is, the debate is, will Tennessee pay them? Should they pay them? Um, interesting. You know, is it, is it, you know, do you, do you pay? Cause you know, obviously let's say the Aggies and you mentioned Ellis. You know, I don't know what, I don't even know. I know Paul actually fairly well, but I, I never talk baseball. I'm not, just not that, um, I don't know what his situation. I, I don't even know. I mean, feel free to share. I, I I don't know if he's in any trouble. You know, they got a lot of issues going on at LSU. But um, I know Paul is. He doesn't. Last time I saw him, he doesn't look good. He looks like he's. You know, when I wave him, he just kind of like, ah, oh, this boy. <laughs> he looked like me getting ready for the draft. I mean, he just looked like he's at it. Guys had a lot of success, but you know, obviously, there's a lot of expectations at LSU. But it's interesting to see now <clears throat> baseball program a guy like that's doing a good job at Tennessee, and obviously came from Arkansas that led to the 
with with Van Horn and that, that stuff. So I thought that was interesting. You know, two baseball guys at the baseball fight. I'm like, I, I want to see them throw down, you know. I want to see, like, you know, I was watching the, the I don't know, I probably don't watch hockey. I was watching a l- little bit of a lot of stuff last night. But, you, see, you know, I like like those hockey guys go out there, some football. These baseball guys go at it, and it's like, you know, hold me back, Neil, hold me back. <laughs> some of that. But I'm curious to see what Tennessee does. Do they pony up the money to keep the guy? Or do they say, you know, good luck at AM or wherever? Yeah, I, I don't know what Tennessee does. I don't think they're going to be able to keep this guy for very long. Um, you know, I think AM is going to look at him hard. I think if LSU makes a change, he's going to be on their very short list. And if you told me that Dave Van Horn at, at uh, ironically, if you told me that Dave Van Horn at Arkansas, you know, hangs him up. In the next year or two, I wouldn't be surprised. And if that happens, I think uh, the guy at Tennessee is the Batello is the clear favorite at Arkansas. He was there before, and I know they were fighting over a recruit. But right. Arkansas, yeah. <laughs> Arkansas wants Tony Batello. If 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 Van Horn were to win a national championship this year, for example, and walk away at the very top, they're, yeah, that wouldn't, wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I didn't know that Van Horn was. Was that close to maybe possibly I mean, calling him? I mean, not be yeah. a long time. So, but anyway, I mean, you know, Batello would be their first call. So Tennessee's going to have a hard time keeping him. And whether it's worth it, whether you can justify the economics of it and all that, I, I, I don't know. They have awful baseball facilities there. The Lindsey Nelson Stadium is really – they're trying to do uh, something off campus that combines with the minor league team to maybe make it. Because they – if you don't – that's the thing that says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm out of here. You know, when you look at the facilities, Vanderbilt, you look at AM, you look at LSU, you look at everybody now it's got some good facilities. So anyway, that's your college base, that's your SEC baseball talk. We'll talk a little bit more. I mean, shoot the news on top of it. I, I will kind of follow it. No expert on it, but I will follow it and keep an idea of what's going on. Um, so we want to talk about that. Uh, we certainly can do that. But I, thanks again to everybody joining us in the chat room. Have a great weekend. Neil, congratulations again. I got the dates mixed up, but graduation is this weekend. So yep. congratulations in the McCready household. Another one's graduating high school. And then we'll see what Carson wants to do with the soccer stuff. We're excited about that. So I don't know. One more out the nest. It's it's good, but it's kind of sad. I just, you know, you and the missus. Yeah. Empty nest before long, before you know it. Going to get quiet here before you know it. But uh, all right, we'll, we'll wrap it up. We'll be back with you guys on Tuesday for another edition of SEC Football and Beyond. For Chris Landry, I'm Neil McCready. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Talk to you soon. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.